When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lessons of sports. And, uh, Ray, what's up? Hey, Doc, how you doing, man? Good to, good to hear your voice. Every time I hear your voice, Doc, my day change. <laughs> I'm trying to bring a, a positive change. Hey, I, I'm really excited today uh, because our guest is just phenomenal. Um, we are, we get to, we get to sit here and talk with Sarah McMahon. And let me just tell our listeners real quick a little bit about Sarah. Sarah was the first American woman in history to receive a silver medal in the Olympic wrestling, uh, which she won in 2004. And she is a big time UFC fighter who's actually fighting this Saturday. So Sarah, welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking time to be here. No problem. I'm happy to be on the show. Sarah, Sarah, this is Ray. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, absolutely. I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan. I watch. I know a lot of things is going on. So I, I think I love um, your spirit of, of never settling for being okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that. That it's kind of hard to um, accept yourself but also have that drive of like never really being satisfied. It, it's a balance, you know, like not being satisfied, it propels you into action, but you know, you can't continually, you know, be hard on yourself. You have to accept who you are, what you are, you know, where you're coming from and stuff too. So uh, it's, you know, it's a back and forth I struggle with. And I think most people do. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Listen, so it's so funny. So Sarah, if I, if I talk to you more than Doc talk to you, because I got more in common than Doc. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Sarah and I have a lot in common. <laughs> so we're going to bully him? Are we ganging up on him? I think, I think, we, might, I think we might gang up on him a little bit. <laughs> he, he's so, a big boy. I think he can handle yeah, it. He is. He can handle it. He can handle it. He can handle it. So, Sarah, listen. So, so look, I know I, I, this next question for me, I just really want to ask you because I don't think people understand what the mindset of being on a wrestling mat is like, what, what type of isolation. I, I, I mean, I wrestle, you know, state champ, national champ, all that good stuff. And I think for me personally, the number one thing I learned on the mat was there was, there was no excuses because it was only just me. I would really be interested to hear your thoughts on how you feel when you enter the ring or you walk on a mat? Um, so when I'm walking out there, um, yeah. usually I'm really more uh, focusing on like just a few thoughts, you know, a few action plans that I have throughout it. Like if I know, okay, I um, I want to get angles on her. So I'm like thinking, okay, work your angles, work your angles, you know. And um, so each fight I have probably only like one or two commands, but really um, – I know people try to like really calm themselves down, but I really try to, I use my nerves and that fight or flight instinct to, to the, the highest degree I can. Like mm-hmm. I know uh, cognitively that that response will give me increased blood flow. It'll give me tunnel vision. It'll help my pain tolerance. You know, it'll give me energy. That response was designed to save my life in the wild. And so I don't try to completely get rid of it. I try to hold off my adrenaline response as long as possible, I'll distract myself. I'll watch a movie. I'll do anything to not think about the fight. And then as soon as I go through my warm-up, that's when it's game time. And if and if my adrenaline isn't going as strong as I really need it to to be prepared for, you know, for what I'm about to do, I'll think of something like um, somebody trying to hurt my daughter. You know, mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll ignite that response because, you know, going out there, you have to be, you know, fully prepared to hurt another human being and they're going to hurt you if you don't protect yourself, you know, and that's, 
that's the same of football. That's the same of wrestling, like every combative sport, boxing, Muay Thai. And so um, I have to shift from being like a, a pretty laid back, happy go lucky, helpful person into, you know, somebody that's pre- prepared to go whatever length I need to to get the win and, you know, and possibly hurt someone. So it's a it's a different mentality. But I, for me, I ignite a very protective mode. It brings out like the mama bear in me. Mm. I definitely can see that. I, I One of the things that just struck me when you and I talked before, like I'm I, what I'm excited for people to see about you. And I know they do is just this sheer authenticity in you. And you are so just kind of humble and kind when you're just sitting there talking one on one. And then you turn this on and you go into the ring and you do this stuff. And it's so I, I think it would be really fascinating for people to hear um, that whole side, but I want to let Ray keep going with his questions about wrestling. Cause I know that's, that's wrestling's a huge part to Ray. I know that. Um, but I, I'm really excited for people to see the whole side of the Sarah McMahon. <laughs> you know what? So listen, this is what's funny. And, and this is so crazy, Sarah, that you just said this. It's, it's the moment right after warm up that. I completely say game on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, cause, and it's so funny because I want the listeners and I want everybody to understand what you just did with your mind. And so I, I, I had a trigger for many years and my trigger was always remembering the day that I was sitting on that step and my dad never showed up. And, and and I will never forget. I, and so that moment used to take me to this place saying, well, then guess what? There there are no other options. So get your behind up and go get it done. Yeah. Yeah, yep. man. And, and you thinking about your daughter and just, you know, I think for the listeners, you know, if, if we can give them something to really think about to 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 challenge yourself, to give yourself something that puts you in that place. Maybe you don't you you never touch that place, but if you can put something, give something that can put you in that place, I think it's a beautiful lesson that you just told the people. So I really wanted to enhance what that feels like to feel that feeling. No, absolutely. So a really interesting thing: if you put me out there and I'm starting to get tired, or I'm starting to you know maybe not get the better of the exchanges, you know, I think about what what would you do? What you know, like if your daughter. You had to win for your daughter. Like you had to win this or this was like a life or death. Like if you were really in like a deeper struggle, if you lost this, you you could die, you know, and what would you not do? And it's nothing. I would do everything, everything in my willpower to my last breath, you know, to win this. And that's exactly what you have to do. You have to find something that you care about more than yourself and more than your feelings and more than your tiredness and more than anything else. It, there's things in your life that supersede that, that you would, you know, like pull from the deepest depths inside of you to make sure it just happened. You just have to do. You don't have to think or feel. You just do. Mm. See, and that's where the gold is. And that's why when I was training, everything you just said, that's why every time I trained, it was life or death. Yeah. I gave I gave myself no option, Sarah. That's why, oh my God, this is so beautiful here. And, you know, it's like reading a good book, right? And somebody thinks just like you, right? It's just, it's really think, good because it's really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that, um, to, to do athletics to the highest level and like to get the most out of yourself and e- ring yourself of every single bit of talent that you have. That's what you have to be willing to do. I think that if we found people from different sports that were at the, the highest level and been doing it for decades, you know, that's our common ground. That's it the is, common ground. It is. Go it ahead. is. And I think, but I, and I, and I think the piece that you just said that was gold that I think listeners can hear and relate to is finding something to the core, like to the depths of you that motivates you. And I think, you know, we reach a lot of people and I think everyone out there listening may not have the, the ability to be a champion at a physical sport, but everyone has the ability to reach down to their core and really, really sacrifice. I like the way you said putting more of something beyond yourself. Um, so v- me visualizing you saying that 
you know, my daughter's my life. Everybody knows that. So that just gets me heated thinking, wow, if I was going to be in a, in a match and I could find that to make that my motivation, I can't imagine what would stop me. So that's powerful to hear. I, I agree. I think that people who do that in, if you think about it with the, the business world, I was talking to a guy on the plane who, um, he actually was in mental health counseling and he came from, you know, you know, just the poorest circumstances and really bad, just a really bad life. And I mean, they basically were prepping him like, Oh, when you go to prison, you know, like since he was a little kid, he was just raised like that. And, um, he has his own business now. And that's, that's exactly what he pulls from too. I mean, he says that he'll work around the clock. He'll get three hours of sleep. He'll, you know, drive however distance he needs to. He'll make whatever sacrifices. And it's the same kind of thing. You know, you do it, we do it for a sport, but you can do that in the business area. You can do it for your family. I mean, we have that potential as humans. It's really us thinking, oh, I don't, I don't know, or holding ourselves back or doubting ourselves. That's what gets in our way. Mm. But if you have to, you just do it. Mm. I love that. I love that. We are talking with the Sarah McMahon. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to find out more about her and, and hopefully even more about what got her into this sport to begin with. We'll be right back. All right. We're back with the Sarah McMahon and Ray. What are you thinking? I know your mind's spinning. I got a question. I got a question. I got a question for Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, what, when was the first time you knew that you wanted to wrestle? Okay, so um, when I was in seventh grade, um, we were given the option of like just, you know, like a gymnastics thing. Um, or not gymnastics, our gym class had like a, um, I think they had aerobics or wrestling. And my brother had wrestled since I was like three years old. And I just okay. really did not want to do aerobics. I was just not that kind of girl. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm just going to do wrestling. Um, and so that's the first, you know, taste that I had of it. And, and I I didn't really do sports. I never did any sports before I did wrestling. And so um, that was like my first little kind of six-week course with it. I picked up things really quickly. I actually was like quite good at it. Um, but my real – the first time I ever decided to join a sport was wrestling at 14. And I'm, I'm kind of glad it was my first sport because – I didn't know any better. I didn't know that other sports weren't that insanely hard. <laughs> you know, if it's your if your first taste of it, you know, you think that, oh, okay, every practice is extremely grueling and, you know, like, I mean, they, they like, it's like torture, you know, but I had no idea. I didn't have any context. So I was like, oh, I guess you go home and cry, you know, in other sports too. That's <laughs> like, awesome. You just come back the next day and suck it up. (laughs) To my defense, I cried because I wanted to be better than I was. I wasn't crying because anybody hurt me or hurt my feelings or I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I I wanted to be better so bad and I – I, I, I just had to go through the process, but I'm so impatient, you know, I was like, <laughs> I want to be a starter. Why can't I be better at this? <laughs> wow. Wow. So, so I guess, so I guess the second question to that is, so did you ever wrestle with your brother growing up? So, um, I did only because I couldn't outrun him <laughs> because <laughs> he just beat the crap out of me. I mean, my brother, like, he tormented me. It's actually, um, I was a theater major and it's actually where I got good at fake crying too. <laughs> Cause I would like, I couldn't get away from him and he would start torturing me and I'd start fake crying and he thought, you know, he'd let go cause he didn't want to get in trouble. And I would just make a beeline for my parents. <laughs> like, but <laughs> oh my God. do you still have that yeah, fake he, cry down? Uh, yeah, but it's like now probably like pretty embarrassing to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be like, what, why, why are you hurting me? You know, I'd shake my voice and everything. That's pretty good. That is good. That is good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Speaking of acting stuff, you are doing. Uh, you were doing a movie too, right? Yeah. Um, so I got my first taste of um, acting for film. I was a theater major in college, and I'd, I'd done plays throughout high school and college whenever I wasn't too swamped with wrestling. But, um, you know, my first film is an independent film called Submission, and it's actually a Christian-based film. Um, and I, I didn't even have, like, a fighting role. I had, like, an, an acting role in it. Um, so it's really – it's wonderful. It's I, I've loved theater before I even did wrestling. And to get, like, a little taste of it, I was like, oh, 
oh, I'm going to have to do more of that. I really <laughs> love it, you know? <laughs> so I just follow my heart when it comes to stuff like that, and I feel called to it. Oh, I love that. I love that. And um, do people expect when when they run into you and they actually meet this kind of just very uh, gentle, kind person, and they do they do you run into like people dropping their expectations or do people think because you're a UFC fighter that you're ready to fight at any given moment or that you walk around angry all the time? Yeah, I think that even as a wrestler too, they kind of expected this like just like a meaner mentality or, you know, like they expect girl fighters to be a little bit more brutish and I don't know, like most people if they meet me regularly and then find out I'm a fighter, they're really surprised. But <laughs> Um, if you meet like a, there's probably like a good, like third of the fighters that I've met that are super laid back, very smart, very, you know, like just really cool people who just happen to love the sport. But we do have the other, you know, like set of people that, you know, they do it because they kind of enjoy violence a little bit more, or they, they're just trying to be famous or, you know, they just do it for different reasons. So that's a part of it too. But yeah, they are kind of taken aback by, I think most people are surprised I'm smart more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I get, I get that a lot. Oh, my God. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, you play football and they think you you mean all the time. Do you want to hit me? Heck no, I don't want to hit you. What you want me to hit you you know? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. my God. Especially if I'm not getting paid for it. I mean, come yeah, on now. My goodness. <laughs> it's like I like ice cream. I like to sit down. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's funny. I, I here's how I can relate to you guys on that. People will find out I'm a psychologist, and as soon as they find that out, they're like, "Oh, I get you're analyzing me right now." I'm like, "No, right now I'm just sitting here. You're not paying me." So people also think when I'm, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I went to school for counseling." They're like, they kind of treat you like you're a mind reader. Yeah. <laughs> like they get really nervous around you. You're like, dude, I'm I'm not even I'm I'm trying to figure out you know. Where this store is. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to. I get that a lot. So you're a psychologist. So what am I thinking? I I didn't say I was a psychic. I said I was a psychologist. (laughs) But I can tell you're paranoid. That's what I say to him. I I be like, you're thinking I'm never going to guess what's on your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. So So check this out, right? So. Throughout my playing career, I had a I had a couple of people who just I didn't even have to think about getting up for. It was just the moment they name came in my mind, the moment that the game came on the schedule, I am one hundred percent focused and dialed in because this has now become personal. Yeah. Do you do you have that person right now in, in your in your match in your world? Uh, three people I've lost to. It's only three losses I have, and mm-hmm. I would love to rematch them. And it's Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, and Amanda Nunes. Mm-hmm. And um, all three of them have been UFC champions. And I, I hope someday that I will. I want to go avenge every one of those losses. Like they really. There's nobody else that really bothers me, or you know, I don't. Um, I don't dislike people, but. I'm telling you, even if you're my best friend, if we go out there in the cage, I'm going to hit you as hard as I can. Like, I, it's, it's really not personal at all, but I'm going to do my job. And uh, afterwards, you know, when it comes down to either you or me, I'm going to send flowers. You know, like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm cutthroat like that. But with them, it would be a little bit – I would not have to be like, oh, I'm sore. Man, I got to go practice. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm there 15 minutes early. I'm already warmed up and ready to go. <laughs> 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 and, I'm and, super and, competitive. And so, yeah, and so it's really interesting. So you say in these losses, like these are the three people that you really want to get back at. What's the possibility of you getting back at these three people? Well, um, there was a stronger chance with Misha because, um, mm-hmm. but she talked about retiring after her last fight. Yep. So I, saw I don't know if I don't know if that one is gonna. I don't. I don't think a decision made in the heat of the moment really, you know, that you don't decide to end your career right after a loss, you know, like that's something that you have to take a lot of consideration, you know, to really, it's a big decision to, to stop Mm -hmm. your career. So I think that after a little bit of time, she might reconsider that she's still pretty young. 
And then um, Rhonda's coming back, and so if she gets the belt again, I will obviously go for that, you know. Um, Amanda Nunes has the belt right now, so I just have to work my way back to a title shot. So, I mean, they're they're possible, but to get all three, it's going to be – it would be difficult, but I think positively. Right, yeah. right. And I, th- you know what? Be honest with you. I saw that fight with uh, Ronda, and I know that they seemed to. There was a lot of people saying, "Hey, listen, they kind of stopped that early." Um, so I, I can see that fire in your eyes to say, I, you know, you'd like to go, but you wanted to get back. You could tell you wanted it to keep going. Yeah, no, I definitely did. Mm. Lord have mercy. So let's look, t- go ahead, Ray. Go Okay, I was going to say, look, can we talk a little bit about the training you're doing right now? Because you got a big fight coming up here in a couple of days. That's good, Doc. That's why I was going. See that? So uh, I am a mind reader better, after all. You are. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> um, but, um, okay, so now I'm really more in like a little – this last week is more weight cutting and tapering. Um, so I have um, a guy who does my periodization and peaking schedule – and, um, you know, he studies under Tudor Bampa, um, who is, you know, world renowned for his periodization. And so, um, I have little, like you know, different little mini peaks and, you know, the different cycles that you go through of like intense training and, you know, lower intensity training. And this last week, it really, um, I won't have any more hard practices. Um, I might have a little, like a tiny bit of light conditioning, um, but main, mainly it's, you know, cutting water weight, cutting down calories, you know, lower intensity workouts, just cause I have to, I mean, all the work is really done at this point. It's just getting on the scale and making sure I recover as well as possible. Mm. Mm. So, you know, what's so beautiful about what you just said, I, I, I really need people to understand this is that I always say this, I tell my sons this all the time. That in any championship fight, in any battle that you go in, the number one thing you have to go in with, go into it with that's going to win you the fight or win you the game is pure fundamentals. Yeah, so absolutely. For, right. And so for you to take, and so, so I want people to hear this, because for you to take the last week off, not off, but you're going very light when, it, when you talk about what you're doing, because now... All you doing is honing in on your skills. Yeah. Yep. yeah that, oh, man, you need if, if you can just elaborate on, on why this week is so important to just tone it down far as physical, but ramp it up far as mental. Why is that so important in this week? Well, one of the first things that you learn if you train around Olympic level athletes is that overtraining is worse for performance than undertraining. So um, if you run your muscles into the ground, you know, that last week or two, then um, you're not going to perform well. Your muscles won't answer when you tell them to do something. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned, you know, it's different with every person, but I've learned with myself that if I have a couple days where my body feels better and fresher and just repairs and I go into it feeling, you know, like I have a full tank of gas – I will perform very, very well. Now, the thing is, is that you have to trust the periodization and that the days that you go light, you have to tell that little voice in your head because that voice exists for me too. It's like, oh, you got to do this. Oh, you got to work harder. Oh, you got to do more. Oh, you're going to, you know, like it's, it's that voice is always on go that, you know, Mm -hmm. and so you have to know when to say, okay, I trust this process. I know when it comes time. I'm going to feel really, really good. And so I'll push it when it's time to push and I'll back off when it's time to be, to back off. And that is just coming down to discipline because you think that you're being good and you're, oh, look how good and hard of a worker I am to go and push myself so hard. But really you're listening to that anxiety. You're listening to that fear and you're letting it hurt your own performance. Mm. So you have to, you know, use My coach used to tell me this all the time, and this helped me so much in sports and in life. And he said, don't go by what you feel. Go by what you know. Go by what you you know. Wow. And Mm. you know periodization works. You know that this has helped you perform well in the past. When that voice says, oh, we got to do more. Oh, we got to work harder. Oh, let's just do these sprints. You have to shut it down. You have to say no, and you have to calm it. You have to say, 
we want to do our best and we know this is how we're going to perform our best, you know? And so, but, but some people don't know that some people don't, um, they don't have somebody coaching them to do that, you know? So then they just run themselves, you know, they just work as hard as they can every single time that that's okay. If you're in your twenties and you're going to turn around and immediately be refreshed, you know, but once you start to get to like the later twenties, you better, like, you don't want your 80% athlete showing up. Right. You might get one shot at a person, you know, mm-hmm. you might mm-hmm. get, and that, and those decisions are made in milliseconds. It's milliseconds that my body will react the right way. Mm. I wanted to have every bit of possibility to, to make the right choice that it can. And my, uh, another thing that, um, like overtraining can do, it can make you tired. It'll make you tired out there. And my coach used to say, fatigue will make a coward of anybody, you know, anybody, mm. anybody. Yeah. So I tell people too, when they're trying to, they're like, well, I think I can make this weight class and they cut weight the wrong ways. I was like, listen, your job, you're not a a cutting weight professional, professional. You're a fighter. Your job is to make sure your performance is spectacular. The weight cutting, you do what you need to do for the weight cutting, but you make sure that you recover 100%. Either that or you need to go to a different weight class. Do Mm. not cut into your own performance. Right. See, see, something that you're saying that's standing out to me that I really want our listeners to hear is this is with Ray, too. He does this and did this throughout his whole career. You're talking about one of the greatest football players that ever played the game. And and you're doing the same thing he's doing, which is he used to go to every meeting and look for things that he didn't know. Like he always wanted to learn. And when I listen to you talk about your trainer and the things you're teaching, just recently you posted um, on Instagram about how your trainer was talking about you doing kicks and teaching you to kick like a whip and not like a club. And the fact that you are where you are in your career and you're still open to learning to me, I think that's a, that's a piece of why you're so great at what you do because you're still so open to learning, even with all you've known. I think that's what sucks me in, really. Like every time that I learn something new, I'm like I'm like a little kid, you know. I'm like, ooh, I have a new little toy to play with, you know. <laughs> like, and it's a completely new technique, and um, and then I learn not only how to do it, which that's fun, a fun process in itself, but then I learn when to do it and why to do it and who will be more effective against what body type, what style of fighter, you know, cause you pull out different tools depending on any different type of fighter you have. Mm. And so like I might have like tools that never get used against a boxer, but then if I go against a grappler, I'm going to use like a different set of tools, you know, to, to defeat them. And that's what I think makes MMA so interesting. Like I think that I'll never ever be satisfied with that. Cause it's so it's, Muay Thai, it's karate, it's boxing, it's wrestling, it's jiu-jitsu. And I could have 10 lifetimes and not learn all of those sports. So mm. that that sucks me in. It's like the little ADHD kid in me. It's like, ooh, I could work on something completely different every day and still grow in MMA. And still grow and still learn. Do you, you, so, so you're training. So you're training. You've been training in MMA. I'm, this is a question I want to ask personally. Do you, okay. think I, do you think I could do MMA? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I, you, and you, go, go ahead. Tell me. So um, the it would be a little bit harder uh, just because learning some of the different striking. But with football and your wrestling background, you absolutely can take it to the ground. Now – from there, like if you did wrestling, jujitsu is kind of like wrestling's second cousin. Like they're so closely related that really you yeah. just have to learn the, the technique. But you already know have the capability to take it to the ground, and then you have the capability of, you know, being being a powerful athletic person. You can you know, you can use that. You can use your weight. You can use your strength and your explosiveness to to get submissions. You know, like mm. I having an athletic form really you would just be borrowing different things from football you know and saying right, oh you, right. this is like this and this is like that like you already have a lot of the fundamental parts of things you're just kind of using them slightly differently right see because i because I, I done kickboxing and tai chi and a bunch of stuff 
So I, I, I got a bunch of stuff, uh, like a bunch of things like that up under my belt. I won't expose everything, but I got a bunch of things. Up under my belt. <laughs> I promise you I'll be oh, ringside when yes. Ray walks into UFC. <laughs> I'm rocking it with you. Oh. No, I'm not trying to fight, dog. Okay? I'm not trying to I'm just unless <laughs> unless you're starting something, then he's gonna fight you. Right. right. <laughs> this is the, but but no no but the, this is the reason why kind of why I asked why I set that up um, the way I set it up because that that world you know that Sarah's in it's really interesting, bro. That I, I, I want the respect of her discipline. Of what she just explained to us, man, I'm telling you, it's so golden that you got to hear this for all of these different things, all of these different ways, Tai Chi, grappling, boxing, all these things that you have to learn. You're always evolving. So when yeah. she's talking about being like a kid, like she's always learning something. And if I challenge anybody to do anything, if you got young children and they're, they don't have a lot of places to put energy and they want to play video games or just be bad or whatever, put them in some type of art. Mm. And I guarantee you, you will give them all that they need. That's what I get from that when I hear that from you, Sarah, about you. It, it can never get boring because it's always something else to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Those types of practices are, um, you know, really, really good for people who have... Uh, high amounts of, you know, energy that they need to get rid of or someone mm-hmm. who needs a lot of stimulation. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. discipline, I mean, the discipline is phenomenal. I talk so much about discipline because I think that we have a tendency to throw it out because we think it shouldn't be associated with hitting. And I think we can do a lot of discipline without ever hitting when it comes to kids. And I know that might be a different story, a different subject, but discipline itself is critical to, to success. So it's really amazing to listen to the type of discipline you have. And for me to hear, just knowing Ray, like how similar in terms of like from, from eating, from the diet, from all that stuff. I mean, that's tremendous. So I'm guessing you didn't get to enjoy like giant turkey dinner this year. No, I actually, uh, I took a picture and put it on Instagram of all the plates before they filled them up. And I was like, nothing. It's, it's what's for dinner. You know, like it's, <laughs> that's, that's what I got to eat. But I got to eat a little bit for Thanksgiving. I just had to be disciplined. I've really, some of the things that you're saying, some of the things that you're you're talking about, I think apply to so many people. And I honestly, I cannot thank you enough for taking time. I know, I know we're taking up your time. I know you're in the middle of training and and you only have a couple days left here till that, till that big fight. Um, Is there a final like piece of advice that you would give to the listeners out there on people who are going to pursue a path outside the norm? Because I think the the things that you've done in your life have gone outside the norm from fighting to acting to all that stuff. That's not the typical thing. So is there a piece of advice you'd give to young people that would say how to pursue that path? So I, I heard this story from my coach. This is like years ago. And, um, this really comes to mind when I'm talking to younger kids, you know, because they really are. They can see where the future is going. The jobs they're training for today are not even going to exist, you know, like they're going to create a completely different path. And and we have to accept that, you know, but um, I heard this story and it's stuck with me a really long time. And um, it's like the story is about um, there was like a competition and these frogs we're supposed to, you know, jump up this, it's like the Empire State Building, you know, like it's like this really, really tall building. And at the beginning of the race, there is, you know, like there's thousands of frogs and they're hopping and they're all hopping higher and higher in the building. And from the bottom, you know, there's people who are like, oh, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You'll never be able to do it. You should stop, you know. And slowly, I mean, at first there's thousands of them. So, you know, only like one or two are dropping off. And then, you know, you get about like the quarter way mark and, you know, like, you know, 15% of them, you know, they, they've kind of given up and they've kind of quit. They listen to those people down at the bottom, like, you're never going to be able to do it. It's too high. You'll never do it. And so then the, the, the frogs keep hopping and they keep hopping and about halfway up, you know, and they've lost a huge chunk of a lot of the frogs. Like these, it starts, those frogs keep listening to the people as they get tired, as they encounter obstacles, they start looking towards the finish line. And they're like, oh man, that is so high. You know, it starts to get in their head. 
And then the frogs just keep popping and keep popping. And, you know, they're getting a little closer to the top. And there's only, like, a handful left, you know. These frogs are tired and they're dogged. You know, like, they're they're really, really struggling, you know. And finally, they're down closer to the top. And only one frog finishes, gets to the top of the building. And it turned out that frog was deaf. Mm. And so that sticks to me is that anything that you want to do, you know, when I was younger – I was told I should be cooking for those boys instead of wrestling with them. I was told I could, you know, please the guys on the way to tournaments, and that was my duty, you know, like like being on the wrestling team. I got Mm. told women will never be in the UFC. I got told women fighters were just, you know, know, trying to get attention or whatever. I mean, all Mm. these things I've heard throughout my life, I kept my head down. I worked hard. I earned my way into my teammates, you know, to get get my teammates' respects and, and my coaches' respect. And I just never let anybody else tell me what my destiny was. I, mm. I followed what I love, but I don't listen to anybody else. Man, I love that. I love that story. I can promise you that my daughter is going to listen to this on repeat because that message is going to resonate deep in her. I can, I love that story. You know I love stories. You heard me speak. You, <laughs> you know better I tell be stories. careful. You better be careful because she might not be listening to you. She might be doing what she thinks is right and that's, following her path. That's true. That's true. That's why I support her with good people around to help help guide. That's, that's <laughs> I'll good. have her be calling you, Sarah. <laughs> uh, don't tell me. I'll be like, follow your dreams. Do what you love. You'll be like, that's not economical. <laughs> Sarah, right before right, right before we let you go, one last quick question. So as a woman, as a woman, because you have two two separate sides of you. As, as a woman, how how secure are you with like walking around knowing that you have these set of skills and people don't really know it? So I I actually do feel a lot more confident now. I know if somebody has a gun, everybody mm-hmm. has to respect it. If you don't have a gun, or you know, like something like that, but yeah. um. No, like when I walk into places, like I I do feel more confident in myself. Not, I mean, I will, I will protect myself, you know, as far as I can use my intelligence to stand up for myself and make a good argument for things. But, you know, it is nice knowing that if I were attacked, you know, I don't even have to use MMA rules. I have an entire <laughs> set of skills that can break arms or things like that and, and knock people out. But there's dirtier things than that. You know, if I break the MMA rules, I'm like, I told my coach on the way, I was like, you know what? Next time I get into a fist fight, if I get into a fist fight, I'm going right for their eyes. Cause I don't care if you're a 200 pound man, someone jabs you in your eye, you're going to the ground. That's, That's it. Right. You know, your eyes are so sensitive. And so like, I'm like, I don't even know why I'd be thinking like that. But I'm, I, when I went for a run in Vegas, I was looking over my shoulder, like, yeah, you better keep walking back there. <laughs> you know, like you better not well, get it. I'm like, well, well. L- l- let me tell you why I even asked you the question because you just kind of answered it. I mean, look, Sarah, you know this. We live in a very, very cruel world right now, and yeah. men are just hurting women, and they're doing some things are so senseless. You know, it's hard to watch what what men are doing to women, and that's why I asked. You know, so this is for the women listeners that. You know, it's not just about it's not just about, you know, you going into a ring and fighting. You have skills that can take care of you for life. Like you can walk in a room and if somebody grabs you, if a man grabs you the wrong way and just grabs you because he thinks he's stronger than you and he's grabbing a regular woman. That's a bad day. That ends bad. It, it, It is. He'll be he'll be. I said before, I was like, man, if some guy attacked me. I would be a learning lesson to all men who are violent to women. I would, he would be on the news. And I mean, that would be like, oh, you better know who you're trying to grab. You're going to grab some girl. And I would tell girls too. I'm like, listen, crazy always wins. You go immediately to guerrilla warfare. Okay. You go if, cause I'm telling you, like, I'm a human and I'm, I'm 135 pounds. If I, a 200 pound man, you know, I know head to head. There's no way. There's no way. But I still am not – I'll fight as low as you go immediately, you know. I will do everything I can because I'll be fighting like I'm fighting for my life from the second it starts. Yeah. And, and just to know that and to know, you know, and not try to um, 
to, to appeal to some kind of kindness in somebody else, but have those skills inside of yourself to say, I'll, I'll fight for my life and I'll take it as far as it needs to go, you know, on a split second notice. I want other girls to do combative sports because it builds that kind of confidence in them. Like it builds yep. that kind of tenacity mm. that you need if you're ever attacked by a male or a female. Mm. I'm going to make sure my daughters pay attention to this episode because I've been pleading with them for so many years because as you know this, it's only so much you can do as a father when they're yeah. away from you, you know? And, and the scariest thing now is, you know, this as, as a parent, as a father, as a brother is always getting that phone call that some coward put his hands on someone. Yeah. I love. Mm. You know, and that's why I think it's so refreshing to hear that it's not just about MMA fighting for you. You have you have found something in life that will help you take care of yourself in a bad situation. Sarah, I, I think it's awesome. Um, I think you're amazing. Um, good luck in everything you're about to do, your philosophies um, on everything that you talk about. Discipline. If I didn't get nothing else today, I got discipline. And, I, and, and my definition for di- discipline has always been discipline requires you to do your very best even when no one is watching. I know you know exactly what that means, and oh, good luck. Yep. I, I, I tell I tell people who don't know what they're about to do, good luck on their matches. I tell people who know what they're about to do, go do what you do. That's right. <laughs> oh, another one you'll like is my one of my favorite quotes: "The only time success comes before work is in the dictionary." Oh, nice. For Sarah, that one rough. I got to write that one down right now. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I, seriously, we cannot thank you enough. The Sarah McMahon. Uh, you're fighting Saturday, and uh, and we're going to see a whole lot more of you in the future. Thank you so awesome. much, Sarah. Yeah, I'll thank you, guys. I'll be watching. All right. Man, Ray, that was something else. That's man, something dog, else. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, man. You know, as a man and as a father, as a brother, you know, that's the one thing for me, man, that has always sat in a bad place in my stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when a man puts his hands on a woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to see the brutality, um, you know, of, of, of the way men rape women and kill them, man, and brutally, you know, end these women's lives because of they feel that they're weaker than them because they're a woman. You know, mm. and for her story, man, like, you know, somebody grabs her the wrong way. That ends bad for them. Right. You know, right. And bro, like, no, no, you don't want nobody to attack her. But all of these people, all of these women that's being attacked, you know, go. If you don't do nothing else, you know, it's like, why not have that in your arsenal? Right. 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 Like, like if you want to get in shape, if you want to do anything with yourself. Doc, that's why, I mean, years ago, Doc, I've been doing Tai Chi, I've been doing kickboxing, I've been, Doc, there's nothing I cannot do with my hands or my feet. Right. And if I put, and if I grab you, that's another day. Right. Right. And it's because it's like, it's the one thing that I wanted to be confident as a man to walk around the rest of my life and know that I'm, I'm balanced enough in life that I can take care of myself. Right. And for her, and for her to be able to take care of herself, I think it's just awesome, man, just to hear her, her discipline, to hear her work ethic, to hear how she understands how to transition from going hard, 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 hard to easing off. Take a break. Treat your body. Renew your body. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's special to hear. And it's funny that that frog story that she just told us about. Oh, I love that. It, yeah, it's funny because a movie, um, if you ever seen The Book of Eli. Mm-hmm. With the, yes. With Dale. Remember in that movie, she she asked him. She he says she said, "Where you going?" He said, "I'm heading west." He said, "How you know you're heading the right place?" He said, "Cause I walk by faith and not by sight." Mm. And when you got to the end of the movie, you realized that he was blind. Spoiler he alert! Spoiler <laughs> 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 alert! I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's still worth seeing because it's a girl. I've seen it's that movie more seeing. than one. I've watched it multiple times. I don't watch it. I don't watch it. I know 50 times. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really appreciate um, having conversation with someone like her because it, it really refreshed 
it refreshed on what on why I do what I do and why I did what I did. Yeah. Right. And and I loved I mean, I loved both the similarities at the level that you guys train and know that is unique to the world because you're you're two frogs who have made it to the top. But also because there were some things that I think that both of you do that everybody can do if people just listen to your advice. And and I and I think that advice a lot of times is consistency and discipline and following through um, with that with with that lifestyle. So. I don't want our listeners to ever think, well, this is just people who are at this level and I could never do that because the advice that you're giving, the advice Sarah gave, is advice that everybody can take. We can all turn it off that listening to the, to the critics and even, and even the self-critic. Listen, what I see so oftentimes in, in my office through the years is People, the, some of the worst critics are themselves. And the voice that we need to quiet down, the critical voice we need to quiet, quiet down sometimes is our own critical voice. So being deaf to any of the criticism, any of the voice that tells you you can't do something, because the things mm-hmm. that you're laying out, the path that you laid out for people, Ray, and, and the path that people like Sarah take, is something that everybody can take. It's a matter of just doing what you're telling them to do. Doc, that's, oh, listen, man. I, I always say I want to. I want. I always say this: forget where you've been and stand for where you are. Mm. Because once you get to that place, nobody, no opinion outside of yours should matter. Mm-hmm. Once you get to that place, a place of, of pure security in being one with yourself. Doc, I'm telling you, it's, it's a place that is so electric, it's so moving. And I think what I appreciate the most about listening to everything, even when you break it down, in a different way, it makes me want to go learn something, right? Like, mm. like I'm about to go in the gym now, right? And it was funny because Sarah just said something about, you know, sometimes overtraining. Mm-hmm. And last night, you know, I, I did abs and I did cardio and I was about to go upstairs and lift and I was about to do all these things. And when I got up there, I did abs and I'm running so hard on the cardio machine. I said to myself, I said, chill out. <laughs> what are you doing? Like what are you doing? You 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 you're right where you're supposed to be, right? Mm. And, and and I think the balance for people, man, if you can ever push 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 push, you will know when to slow down. Mm. That's why I want to tell them you 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 will know when to slow down. You will know when you're who you are. You will know when both feet are planted firmly to stand as a man or woman. Yeah. I like that. I really like that because I think that you're right. It's a matter of trusting that gut, trusting that instinct. And sure, if you're just starting out and you're like, "Hey, I, I'm not even going to do you know five minutes and then I'm going to quit because I'm supposed to, maybe I'm overtraining." That's wrong. But if you're really in it and you're really doing it, then you know you do know when it's overtraining. Um, I, I, I want to come back because it's interesting. You and I always seem to be on the same wavelength. Wherever we are, we always seem to be on the same wavelength. And I actually, this morning, my, my statement, I always wake up every morning, meditate, and put a statement out on Twitter. And the statement I said this morning was, never permit the outside world to have the final say over your thoughts. Only you alone can have that. And uh, I think that lines up exactly with what you're teaching right now. Yeah, well, I think it lines up with, with everything that we're trying to teach and, and everything that Sarah just got through speaking about. And and once again, I think, brother, while we partnered to do this, um, I mean, bro, I, I just really appreciate the things that I'm learning through life now. Um, I done Lewis Howe's podcast yesterday. I told you I was going to do that. Mm. And, and just to share with people, you know, because we're just starting out, there was once again, there was a, a way that I could learn. Mm-hmm. Right, a guy there successful in these these avenues down these roads, these paths and things, and there's so much that I want to talk to you about of of directions that we should really think about. Right, you know, yeah, bro, and I think it's just it this all makes sense when I'm listening to 
you know, how Sarah prepares, because it's the same thing in business, right? In business, you go hard, 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 hard. You write a lot of stuff down. You go to a lot of meetings. You got to get everything done. And then you got to have a pen. You got to have a pad. You got to have a system to where now you can sit back, reflect, and vet through everything you just experienced. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's where I think, that's why I think if nothing else came out of today, you know, come out of your comfort zone because if you stay in your comfort zone long enough, you will never expand to ever touch a certain level of greatness. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. That's fantastic. Listen, this was an unbelievable show. Um, Sarah is really, truly amazing. Um, I, I feel like we could have her on again in the future. I would love to just to keep hearing from her. She's one of the most authentic people. When, when I first met her, I was like, oh, I know she has to come on our show because she's just such a genuine, authentic person. Um, so grateful to have her on today, and I hope our listeners enjoyed that. Um, Huge, huge day for us here. Hey, I like it. I like life. I like life because every day that I wake up, there's opportunity. And not just opportunity for me. It's opportunity for me just to meet one person today and just change one level of thinking for them. And maybe it's just to keep going. Maybe it's to not look back. Maybe it's to block out all the, all the noise or maybe it's just to simply just wake up and be you mm. like today was that day for me that that I'm always evolving bro but today something changed in me doc and I think it's because I'm now I'm finally starting to want to answer this call of of never growing weary of doing good never listening to the people that don't understand me or or don't care to understand me because it's irrelevant. But one day, one day, we will all have to tell a true story, Doc. And, and that's why I'm glad along this path now, I couldn't tell my story, my brother, without you. So I appreciate you. I appreciate today. And I appreciate where we're headed. Man, I appreciate you more than you know, and I'm not gonna. There's nothing you can say to top that, so I'm not going to. I'm just gonna tell our listeners, thank you so much for being here, and uh, thank you for downloading the Tackling Life podcast. And if you want more on the Tackling Life content, go to tacklinglifepodcast.com. From there, you'll find links to our pages on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast sites where you can subscribe and get two all new episodes automatically downloaded every week. There are also links to the Tackling Life Facebook and Twitter pages where you can become a part of the Tackling Life community and give us feedback, questions, ideas, and suggestions. And please help spread the word and bring in new listeners by giving us a rating and review on our iTunes page. Until next time, for Ray Lewis, I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.